0: namo tassa to serve Bagoato or Hato, some ma, some Budasa. No more to serve Bagoato or Hato, namasami. <coughs> in with the reading from the numerical discourses of the buddha this is the book of the tens to 61 i'll just read some extra the extracts of it because this is said a first point of ignorance is not seen such that before this there was no ignorance and afterwards it came into being. Still, ignorance is said to have a specific condition. I say that ignorance has a nutriment. What is the nutriment for ignorance? It should be said, the five hindrances. The five hindrances too have a nutriment What is the nutriment for the five hindrances? It should be said the three kinds of misconduct. Three kinds of misconduct have a nutriment. Non-restraint of the sense faculties. Non-restraint of the sense faculties. The nutriment for that is lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension. Lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension has a nutriment. Careless attention. Careless attention has a nutriment. Lack of faith. Lack of faith is a nutriment or is a nutriment not hearing the good Dhamma. Not hearing the good Dhamma has a nutriment. What is the nutriment for not hearing the good Dhamma, not associating with good persons. Thus, not associating with good persons becoming full, fills up not hearing good Dhamma. Not hearing good Dhamma becoming full, fills up lack of faith. Lack of faith fills up careless attention. Careless attention fills up lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension. Lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension fills up non-restraint of the sense faculties. Non-restraint of the sense faculties fills up the three kinds of misconduct. Three kinds of misconduct fill up the five hindrances. The five hindrances fill up ignorance. And he goes into the reverse. True knowledge and liberation have a nutriment. It should be said the seven factors of enlightenment seven factors of enlightenment have a nutriment the four establishments of mindfulness the four establish- establishments of mindfulness have a nutriment three kinds of good conduct three kinds of good conduct have a nutriment restraint of the sense faculties restraint of the sense faculties as a nutriment mindfulness and clear comprehension mindfulness and clear comprehension have nutriment careful attention careful attention as a nutriment faith faith as a nutriment hearing the good dhamma Hearing the good Dhamma as a nutriment, associating with good persons. Thus associating with good persons fills up hearing the good Dhamma. Hearing good Dhamma fills up faith, faith fills up careful attention, careful attention fills up mindfulness and clear comprehension. Mindfulness and clear comprehension fills up restraint of the sense faculties. Restraint of the sense faculties fills up the three kinds of good conduct. Three kinds of good conduct fill up the four establishments of mindfulness. Four establishments of mindfulness fill up the seven factors of enlightenment. The seven factors of enlightenment fill up true knowledge and liberation. Thus, there's nutriment for true knowledge and liberation, and this way they become full. So, this is sometimes the case in these discourses the Buddha more or less summarizes the entirety of the teaching in in a, a short list. So, there's not the opportunity to really fill out all the all the aspects of what's uh, in this but we can recognize there's um, you know, crucial was a very, what might say almost a mundane level of it, just associating good people you really get the good dhamma from good people now, all the time the Buddha, most, we can see that this is because there were no books, so you'd naturally hear the Dhamma from good people. Now we have books, but still, to really hear the good Dhamma, you have to hear it from people who you know are living accordingly. It's not someone reading a book at you or giving you a lie. So, the person, the good, uh, so associating with good persons means you, you stick around with them. You see what they do and what they don't do. You see the way they, they act and what they don't what they don't act upon. Yeah. So you're getting it not just spoken about but modelled. Uh, as is the case with the um um Sariputta, he received his teaching from an Arahant Asaji, who was one of the Buddha's first five disciples, and he saw this Asaji coming along the road and he thought, wow, well, what's this? You know, the faculties are serene and bright, composed deportment, gentle gaze, this is something special. Mm. You know, so then he asked him, well, what, what's, you know, what's the teaching? Who's your teacher? He says, uh, you know, I can't really... I couldn't really give you the whole thing because I'm quite new at this even though he's an arahant he hadn't got all the language together but he says, he says simply this is just that the target was taught the root of all things and also the, their cessation and uh, so you know, as he, saw, he recognized all things that arise, arise from a conditioned support and that conditioned support can be released. So this was enough for Sariputta to immediately get a realization just hearing the good dhamma. But he heard it because he saw it. Yeah. And it's often uh, well, it's, it's it's encouraged that uh, when one uh, seeks a teacher or seeks a teaching, you look at somebody what she or he got. You listen to them, check it out. What are they doing? What are they saying? He mm. said so you couldn't judge people immediately. So it's not when you really look at someone, stay with them, follow it for a while. Then you maybe get more reasoned assessment of, you know, you know what where the person is really at. And then it's associating. So associating doesn't mean just hearing and speak, but associating. And this really does help us to be very clear that um, words are only really one aspect of this transmission. Just as words are really our second language, we didn't come out the womb speaking, we came out to the sight of other human beings and their behaviour, that's what we learnt. That we still continue to learn that modelling, and it also encourages us to remember that even if we can't speak a lot of good words, we can provide a considerable amount of, of support and encouragement just by modelling, moving, uh, refraining, restraining, uh, putting forth energy, uh, uh, being attentive in what we do and then people get it this is about attention carefulness uh, not restraint as is then explained you know, through the rest of this particular sequence because this, this then you, you hear the Dhamma in your heart you hear it in your ears you hear it in your heart mm-hmm. and so this sense of hearing the good Dhamma and that the uh, early disciples were called the Savakas, those who listened very carefully. And clearly, it's not just whether your ears are good, but whether you really get it in the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then, that's, where, that's where you hear it, really hear it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then faith arises sense of confidence, possibility. You don't hear it, really hear it, if people are just babbling. Yeah. Even if what they babble is quite, you know interesting in its own way. You hear it when you, you hear it being spoken from the heart. When it's spoken from the heart and from a place of integrity and knowing that's where it goes it goes to your heart your integrity and your knowing and that's where the faith arises it's not just an intellectual approval yeah. when the listener is open because they feel confident and trusting and, in, and respectful and the speaker is talking straight from the heart and the message goes to the heart so you get not just an intellectual approval of the teachings but a sense of heart confidence hey, that's worth looking into yeah. this is so uh, this is how the dharma is really transmitted you yeah. mm-hmm. lived and uh, why it's uh, Always seem to be so important to um, have a human transmission. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the degree to which we still have, uh, uh, you know, sanghas who, in their best way they can, they're not, certainly not all our aunts, but at least living re- restrained according to the training rules and uh, modeling the conduct. Then, you know, just by doing that, you're, all, you're already spreading the Dhamma. Mm. Because it causes faith to be aroused. And then it, even a few words, such so as Asaji's few words, can touch something. And better than a thousand useless words is one phrase that has meaning. Mm so certainly in our lives as disciples and followers of the Buddha it's part of our duty is to to live it and model it for the welfare rope welfare because as long as we keep following the conduct and the behaviors we're established yeah, it will restrain our own minds and also, be a visual sign and a sign of confidence for others. This is the way it's it's kept going. This is not a lecture hall. In fact the words shift and change according to what's relevant or needed. <clears throat> so the faith fills up careful attention careful attention the only soman sikara means that your your attention is careful <laughs> it means you're looking at the right thing not the wrong thing uh, you're not ju- you're looking at looking not just into uh, diverse topics but into topics that are useful um, You're looking not just at topics that are useful, you're looking at them in a careful, considering way. What does this mean? Where does this come from? What's the meaning of that? How is it affecting me? What am I clear about? What am I not clear about? This kind of careful attention, turning things over. And if you're associated with wise people, this is the chance when you have faith, you can inquire, what is the meaning of this? Uh, Could you say that? Is this clear? this is care for attention, is, a, is a, an active quality of turning things over and penetrating until we really get the meaning of it. Yeah. And that becomes possible when one has faith that there is something meaningful. <laughs> Whereas, uh, you know, if you... <laughs> kind of the, the verbiage that we have nowadays... Uh, you know all the media and the twitters and the, all this kind of thing going on you just don 't want to you don 't want to hear any more words because there 's almost nothing meaningful in it it 's just it 's just defilement <laughs> being broadcast in various cloaked forms or barely cloaked at all just out and out. You know, narcissism, rage, uh, abuse, and so forth. This is the the media. You know, you don't attend to that. Attend to what's where the heart finds faith, where that faith is encouraged. Careful attention takes you into beyond the mere words, into the meaning. Uh, there's a lot of difference between words and meaning, <laughs> particularly if you review the, the public media. A lot of it just means nothing. Nothing useful anyway. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's also our so, uh, 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 responsibility uh, to to model careful attention, to be circumspect in what we give attention to, to look carefully at uh, how we act and attend to each other, and are a source of uplift or disappointment to each other. And even in, in these monasteries, particularly, a lot of careful attention to requisites, to looking after the robe, the bowl, the buildings. Um, proper duties. Most of the practice in Uncharted Child Monsters is careful attention. Mm. Realising that this itself will have its own results. Tend carefully. You're bound to, by that means alone, you're already cutting off input that will stimulate the hindrances. Then you'll be, you'll be establishing input on what will fortify Uh, skillful practice so when careful attention becomes full it fills up mindfulness and clear comprehension sati sampajanya Um, so um, mindfulness, the ability to uh, bear something in mind to uh, stay with it to receive it in a, in, a, in a careful way. Doesn't mean necessarily follow it, but we bear it in mind, we hold it. It's a sit uh, you know, where it's words, ideas, conversations, you listen to it carefully, bear it in mind, and then. What you want to follow or not follow is another thing. Uh, you try to cultivate this quality of sati, mm. And pajāna, sampajāna is literally, thoroughly, sam, completely, jāna, direct knowing. So it means you're very fully, completely and thoroughly, directly knowing. <laughs> And what does that mean? Well, it's very much about present, 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 present. Because that's only you can directly know. We can conceive and imagine and expect and prophesy and guess and could be right. We can remember and that's probably got some truth in it. Anyone with uh, uh, intelligence recognizes that the memories are very distortable and subjective and they, they grow, f- we only remember certain things and they grow fuzzy with time future is who knows hmm? so directly knowing is about what's directly arising in the present and directly knowing means not not interpretation but as directly sensed as you can get how's it feeling what's the quality of the experience, is it shifting, changing, is it, is it skillful or unskillful is it, uh, how does it affect you mm. and you cultivate this around the movements of your body the sights of other people mm. the odours, smells, fragrances delicious, tempting or otherwise and you directly know, this is this, and it's changeable. And what's it doing to me? Is it bringing up skillful or unskillful qualities? And we don't directly know, we think about, well, that's great, that huh? food smells really good. Wonder well, no, if that's that broccoli or bacon and eggs, or what is it? Oh, oh, really nice to have some of that. Mm-hmm. You directly know, oh, desire, craving comes up not just following and conceiving and proliferating around what what you interpret experience you directly know craving is arisen, sense desire is arisen and you stay there with that and you're mindful of that and you bear in mind the teachings then this is not to be followed, it's to be understood because this leads to carelessness and uh, obsessiveness and habits that I don't want to encourage. So therefore, you you abandon it. You step back from it. You don't identify with it. You release the grasp of it. You don't follow the, the energies that rush out. You relax them. You have a, a topic or a meditation theme or a skill that helps you to step back. This is where you cultivate mindfulness and clear comprehension. In this case, these are really... These faculties, are, this is associated with general conduct. Yeah. So one is uh, dwelling, you know, uh, this, is, this is something that should not be remote. When you hear it, when you hear a teaching like this, this should be something you can get hold of. Yeah. All of us see and hear. All of us see delightful things, hear terrible things. All of us see attractive people or sickening things. You know? mm. Do we understand what's this doing? Are we carefully attentive? Mm. Do we understand what it's bringing up? Are we able to disengage from the unskillful? Do we even know what unskillful is? The compulsiveness, the dragged in, the mind being gripped by sights and sounds and touches. Mm praise and blame and then thrown into an emotional turmoil because of it what kind of wisdom can come from that now if one has uh, heard the teaching then you recognise it's just that you know this daily, hourly experience that we have this is actually the turning point of the Dhamma so in Buddha Dhamma you're not Speculating about, you know, refined qualities or specific details of meditation techniques. You're really looking at the raw material of life as it occurs. That's your foundation. And someone who's modeling is modeling someone who's got a grasp of this. They're not caught up in craving, they're not caught up in obsessive behavior. They're not um, getting despondent or angry. Mm. You see that that's the modelling. Even in the presence of things that are attractive, they're not pulled. The presence of things that are disgusted, they're not. They're not blown away by it. They're not knocked over. You know, this is someone who's got some independence from phenomena. This is this can be done. Uh, more than any explanations just to see it being done and modelled and you yeah, human beings can do this we can step back from that and step outside this uh, flood um, and exactly if it, that's exactly the turning point of, the, of enlightenment mm-hmm. so mindfulness my- is mm-hmm. Clear comprehension fills up restraint to the sense faculties, so that's its first fruition. When we have that, we're able to see the pleasant and not be pulled in, to see the unpleasant and not be rebuffed. Uh, I mean, sense doors don't have to lead us. Uh, this is uh, you know, because mindfulness and in clear comprehension has established a different orientation a different reference point it's really to the state of mind is one's mind steady uh, is it capable mm-hmm. so this is really you know what, what is being encouraged here and restraint the sense faculties why <laughs> because without this you know with a p- powerful human, mind and intelligence following nonsense restraint we get the three kinds of misconduct three kinds of misconduct means essentially misconduct through the body misconduct in terms of speech and misconduct misconduct in terms of mental states so even mind states are considered to be forms of conduct notice when we have a scene in Puja, you have know, this uh, when we go through the recitations, and then it's painful. You say, you know, by body, speech, or mind, whatever I have done, uh, you, know, you know, I apologize. To, I ask forgiveness from the Buddha. Yeah. So the three kinds: are kaya, vajja, citta. So kaya, bodily action; vajja, verbal action. Chitta, chitta, chitta action, which means intention. Hmm? Essentially, chitta sa. Uh, intentionality, means the mind is mental impulse. Hmm? So, these are the three kinds of misconduct. So, you know, clearly, the leader of them all is the mind. We, can't, we don't speak without a mind telling us to, we don't act without a mind telling us to. So. Yeah. The, uh, mental conduct is the kind of the push, the impulse energy of the mind, the chitana And so we're saying it as a ritual form, of course it's just a ritual, but it's an encapsulation of recognizing and asking one to recognise the quality of one's mental intentionality. Yeah. And where did it go? When did it get blurred? When was it not restrained? When it was it Abusive, harsh, negligent, careless, uh, prevaricating, uh, and so Mm. forth—just completely missing the point—or directly hurtful to oneself or to others. Mm. Mm -hmm. This is not something we take seriously. Because if this is if this isn't clear, what kind of speech is going to happen? Clearly, yeah. really, speech that follows it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, really, when we cultivate meditation, this is this is a. The the bhavana is technically in silence, but of course we're dealing with the inner speech of the mind, aren't we? And that uh, the inner speech, what what our minds chat about, or even the way they chat, whether they're harsh, indulgent, lazy, or just kind of gaga. (laughs) Because even silence is a kind of wrong conduct in this uh, teaching. Yeah, you know, when, when something things it should be said. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. So, for example, in a vineyard, it's it's, it's an offence to not uh, to, to to not give an answer to when one is asked a decent question. One should always give some kind of reply if questioned about one's conduct or questioned about sangha affairs. The idea is that absolute silence is not even considered suitable. So even just noticing in meditation what your mind weaves and remembers and distills and concocts. Because right here is a chance where we can begin to arrest the streams that otherwise become thoughts or If they're thoughts, they become speech. If they're speech, then we follow them with our work, with our actions. And then we generate a field of demerit around us. Whereas if one's uh, mind states are carefully supervised, then if they arise unskillfully, unskillful mind states arise, then we can check that mindfulness and clear comprehension. You know it. You don't follow it you don't tolerate it, you don't keep going on it, you step back from it and withdraw energy from it, shift what you think, what your topic is, and learn to relax the grasp and the craving and the agitation. So this is really where the uh, cultivation of meditation is really also the cultivation of moral conduct to and really seamlessly conjoined. And similarly, if one's conduct is scatterbrained, retorts, prevaricating, mindless waffle, then what kind of meditation can result from that? Mm. Mm. Of all the kinds of misconduct that, that are actually manifest in the world, most of it is spoken. Clearly there are people bombing each other, shooting each other, raping each other, stealing things and so forth. But you don't have to lift a finger to 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 speak. Uh, and so the, the, our ability to uh, uh, manifest misconduct with speech is far greater capacity than one's ability to, to do it in the body. So certainly in uh, monastic life because you don't really have that much capacity to... To really do harm, we don't have weapons. But still, said it's, 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 we have the Buddha said you have an axe in your mouth, in which you can cut other beings, poison them, mm-hmm. make them lose faith. Uh, and so all the kinds of uh, harmful results. Perhaps the most harmful result is, is purely this loss of faith. We lose out. We cause others to lose the way. So for summoners, particularly, it's this uh, really taking responsibility to, to curb one's speech. And as you come from meditation, then till you come to the end of a period of hopefully some silence. Though I imagine you know it's not all that silent. But you know, like, just what does it feel like when it's silent and then there's a whole Kind of everybody's talking, how's it feel? Do you just feel, boy, you know, what's it all, what's it to talk so much going on? How useful is it? Too much of it is just like rubbing salt on an open wound, you know, heart is sensitive. Uh, and so cultivating that, that training where one doesn't, just doesn't see someone and babble at them straight off, you know, just hello. Is it okay? How, you know, you come in gently. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then if you're that impulsive, you should know you're impulsive and just just stop for 10 seconds and find the right time, place to to talk to people quietly. And ideally, when you talk to a person, it should be at the volume that the other person can hear and it doesn't go anywhere else. Then we can maintain a certain sense of not intrusion, on other people's um, space. And particularly living communities become very important because we have a house and sounds can radiate through the house. We sounds from the kitchen go upstairs. Yeah, some kind of blah, 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 blah. the kitchen with there's drink, tea, food and so forth, all the busyness when it goes upstairs, you know. Yeah, and then people upstairs that get into some discussion in the tea room or something other it radiates through the house, <laughs> yeah. and is it really worthwhile? Being, Buddha said, yeah, some things are worthwhile talking about virtue, contempt with little, renunciation, higher training, yeah. talk about these things, but that isn't the kind of stuff you hear flying around. <laughs> don't hear really people we'll have intense animated discussions on <laughs> or contentment. <laughs> I'm so contented. How contented. Yeah, I'm really contented. I'm more contented than you are. No, you're just as contented as <laughs> me. I was even less contented. It doesn't even register as a topic. Because <laughs> you can't change There's not much to talk about. <laughs> we only talk about what we're discontented about. Well because we're discontented and want something to get activated by, you know, the is not settled. If it's like that, then really one should be responsible and the mind's not settled. You know, if you need somebody else to help you settle it, then find someone else to talk to in a purposeful way, don't just shoot it. You know, retorting, you know, often people have different opinions about things, that's quite normal. Is it possible to hear a different opinion without immediately slamming back your own, you know, even before they've finished? Is it possible just to hear a different opinion? Mm. Everybody's speaking the truth, but their truth is probably limited it's bearing in mind people are speaking the truth of where they're at it's okay that's how she feels that's how it seems to him Mm -hmm. let's examine that together we may learn something so speech is such a big topic really uh, in terms of our training rules uh, most of them are majority are really to do with conniving speech manipulative speech Bullying speech, harsh speech, deceptive speech, <coughs> corruptive speech, um, yeah, um, framing people. It's, it's astonishing. You know, looking at the training rules, these people obviously had faith and went forth. And the story of the training rules it's all the stories of <laughs> the human defilements taking over. <laughs> A lot of it comes out through the speech. So we have to remember, because that's the closest to the mind. You hear someone talking, that's the way their mind is. That's the closest to it. body is somewhat a little bit further down the line. So these are the three kinds of misconduct. And they're filled up through lack of sense restraint. Because it's that sight, sound, touch, thought that triggers the reaction. Basically, wrong speech essentially is... Reactive. Reaction to contact. Something touches you and you react it. Mm-hmm. So we can get it right down to that, really. Hear something, pause. See something, pause. Smell something, pause. Mm. Get an idea, pause. Is that? Is this the right time, the right place, the right thing to say, or let it pass we can learn a lot from this because this um, means the mind is going to be not only steered in a care because we're constantly su- supervising it but also it's not going to be full of all the results of what we've been talking about you know it's going to be full of results if, it, if we are talking about useful things it'll be full of that if we talk about useless things it'll be full of that So, really this is where the um, three kinds of good conduct fill up, nourish, the four establishes mindfulness. So now at this point, mindfulness is now not just the mindfulness around daily conduct as it were, but really placing mindfulness on body, on feeling, on mental states, and phenomena that arise in mental states. So it's a very, for establishments of mind, it's a much more structured, precise placing. And because now one has learned that not every item in the mind has to be followed, not every mood has to be followed, not every contact impression has to be acted upon, then we have some choice where to place? We're not just placing it upon any old thing that arises, you know? or what we feel most strong about. Because you know, I feel strongly about something doesn't mean it's in necessarily important. <laughs> just because I've got a bias about something, you know, or I'm upset about something, doesn't mean it's actually, you know, that uh, important. Even you can say, well, notice then, Also, place it on, first of all, on, on topics that you'll get some strength from, some benefit from, some st- stability from, and then you can begin to review where you're getting upset, or confused, or depressed, or whatever. But you establish it purposefully on on Phenomena and on their basis. Arising in the body, this is the nature of feeling, this is happening to the heart. So it really means we own, we own what arises. There, out there, 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 we own it here. Take it back. The world comes back to here, business comes back to here, things that they just, you know, that's what this restraining and careful attention does. You come back to here. This is uh, just itself extraordinarily uh, powerful and, and rarely cultivated in the world in general. I'm talking about things if it's separate, they're separate from it. No, I'm you about this, that, this, that, this, that, and they said this, and did, you, know. well, you can't stand for that, this kind of stuff going on. No sakti, the mind is excited, the mind is feverish, the mind is annoyed, the mind is fearful, bring it back, feel it in your body, start with body, establish body grounds you don't just get blown away with thoughts and words because you're trained to have someone who can restrain these outflows that blow us away and lead to our ruin and the welfare and the harm of others so these four establishments of mindfulness then um fill up seven factors of enlightenment. i mm-hmm. won't go into all that. Really. <laughs> but, uh, so, of all the enlightenment factors, this is uh, mindfulness, investigation, second, and third one is uh, energy, certain vigour, mm-hmm. one is energetic for the cultivation of skillful states. Mm. Uh, Investigation, one is penetrated, turned things over. One is then energetic for the arising of skillful states, for the dispelling of unskillful states. Uh, Cultivation of that gives rise to something called rapture, which means one's energy is now clear and bright. uh, Piti, this is piti. Soothing, steady, one feels steady and calmed, leads into samadhi, unification of mind, and there's a certain serenity, equanimity, because the mind has shifted from being engaged with phenomena to dwelling in itself. Samadhi is not concentration on a particular phenomenon, it means the mind is collected in itself. Yeah. There's a difference between meditative samadhi, sama- concentration, ordinary concentration, you can concentrate on a problem or a puzzle, or a task, but really, samadhi is the mind, in the word concentration is perhaps misleading, the mind is unified in itself, in its own steadiness, its kind. And then from there, because it has that, it's solid, it's steady, it's complete, it can review phenomena with a sense of dispassion. That's that. It does this. There's a big shift from the... into independence. But independence is not oblivious to phenomena. So, we cultivate like this, then we act as a kind of a clear sign and a clear, not just an idea, but a clear presence of of something that stands apart from the tumult and the chaos and the uh, tides of the world. And this is how the Dhamma gets transmitted through that. So this gives rise to full knowledge and liberation. And we can see then in this whole sequence you start with something that starts off as just sapurisa. Sapurisa, it's a pretty it means just purisa means a person sa, means a real person. What does that mean? You know? It means someone of integrity. Someone who, who walks their talk someone who is genuine yeah. uh, these are likened to examples as someone who gives what's hard to give uh, for your welfare who exerts themselves for your welfare who bears what's difficult to bear for your welfare walks the extra mile doesn't give up on you uh, doesn't betray your confidences is, uh, is open mm. never lets you down this is a Sāpūrīsa. Sāpūrīsa is also someone who has access to um, these virtues and qualities. Morality, higher morality, higher mind, higher understanding. They have access to that. Maybe they, they've walked in. And therefore this, this is a Sāpūrīsa. Now we may not be all be, you know, it doesn't mean you've got to be an arahant but it means at least a living with integrity and uh, morality and uh, with a sense of a mind that is uh, a kalyanamita, someone who will befriend you in a way that's not just about affection, but about care and decent behaviour, and so that faith will arise. So we can try this. Yeah. And I think if we really uh, remember that all of us, however seemingly significant, we all model something to each other. You cannot not model it. This is what human beings do almost. As a species, we see other human beings and we start to, what's that? It doesn't mean you don't have a title or status well, being a monk or a nun to do that just being yourself you automatically other people see you and they go oh what's that well, you notice oh she doesn't do that oh she's always there if you ask her this she says this oh there's a quality then we can try that if we recognise that none of us are then impotent none of us don't count. We all essentially are potent in this world. You know, we get so blown away and distracted because so much of our human power is now invested in governments and big financial enterprises, institutions. The average person just feels like... Doesn't really matter, does it? You know what can I do? What can I say? Doesn't it matter. You, know? you see. Then of course these it, uh, all these kind of wars and conflicts are caused not by people having a personal grudge against each other. You know, you go out and shoot people you've never even seen, let alone talk to, them. because the government tells you to, and you follow it. And that's the kind of pawns, pawns, pawns. In this. Very important to see now, you know, actually, we're coming to these um, you know, crisis points in the, you know, the world I guess it's always a crisis of some, some or another. Millions of people going to the streets with. they don't want to have. Uh, they're looking at things like climate. Mm. Hey. You, know, you just can't leave it up to, to, to people who are not good people who don't walk their talk who don't live mor- morally who don't have a scrap of mindfulness who never had a mindful inhalation so, like, you can't leave the world's fate up to them <laughs> you know, you, you've got to at least stand up you know, and, and, uh, and then say I'm prepared to stand for something and uh, you think well I appreciate the spirit's group. What people do, questionable, but the spirit, take responsibility. Yeah. You're a real human being, then you try and you you've got a chance to either live with integrity or not. If you live with integrity, surely somebody's going to notice and be encouraged by that. Those who can notice wouldn't be encouraged by it. That gives rise to faith. Faith means you begin to you know, you, you see something you recognise is truth and you know it. Faith arises. And this is how the training begins, because of faith arising there's a possibility to to feel a sense of direction and train oneself. So as we're coming to our uh, end of our group retreat. And we've all been cultivating in accordance with our strengths and capacities a comma to purify the mind and uh, so but then hopefully we cultivate purifying the mind we take into purity of thought, purity of intention, purity of speech, purity of action, then our cultivation will not have been worthless but have been deeply valuing as something that has an embedded effect both on ourselves, our community and on human experience in general. So offer this for your consideration tonight.